Thank you for joining us for a Kingdom Thoughts conversation with one of our founders on Insight Now. You can watch live streams on Facebook and YouTube. We hope that you enjoy the conversation. Hello, hello. Uh, welcome to Insight Now uh, Live. Uh, I'm going to be talking with you today. And uh, so excited to talk with you about God being with us always. It's a beautiful day here in Columbus, uh, kind of unseasonably warm uh, these last few um, these last few days, uh, almost summer-like. Hope you're doing well. Again, we're going to be talking about God being with us always. Last fall, um, yeah, I think last fall, late last fall, <clears throat> excuse me, I had an encounter uh, in prayer. I don't know if it was a vision or, or what, but I had this encounter, and during this time, and by the way, uh, Welcome uh, to those that are watching. Uh, please comment. I'll try to watch for your comments uh, as we go too. Um, I had this encounter last fall, and in this encounter, it's like I could see a group of believers uh, talking in heaven. It was almost, it looked like a small group or something. You know, I couldn't see their faces, but I could just sense it was a group of believers talking like they were in a small group. And they, they earnestly asked each other a question. And the question that they asked was, what do you call it when you break through past your breakthrough? And there was a moment of silence. And then someone, uh, I heard a voice, I don't know if it was one of the group or the Lord speaking, uh, that said, that's called taking new territory. So when you break through past your breakthrough, uh, they're wondering, what's that called to break through past your breakthrough? And I heard, uh, heard the Lord say, um, you know, the revelation of the Lord was that's called taking new territory. And the reality is we are in a season where I believe many believers are being called into taking new territory, you know, just as Joshua was called into the promised land. And I really believe this is a season for many of us to step into those promised land uh, areas in our life. However, to step into those, our identity needs to be upgraded. Our perception of ourself needs to be upgraded. Just as the Israelites came out of bondage and came out of Egypt, they came out with certain mindsets that were not going to work in the promised land. And so I think for many of us, our identity and perception of ourselves is being upgraded in this season. And if that applies to you, uh, what we're going to go after today is this idea of God being with us. God being with us. Just this last Sunday, um, or Saturday, I guess it was, I was preparing for the message on Sunday, and you know, so many things I could speak about. And I knelt down to pray and I said, Father, five of your words would be better than 5,000 of mine. And instantly when I said that, I wasn't thinking I was gonna get the message because I said that, I just said it. And instantly when I said that in my heart, I heard the Lord speak, I am with you. And I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. That's four words, uh, but not a fifth. And instantly when I had that thought, he says, always. I am with you always. You know, uh, the reality is, is that, that it that you're going for, the promised land that we're going for, the dream that's in our heart, that it is found in being with him. Megan, my wife recently uh, spoke to me. She's encouraging me 
And, uh, you know, isn't it awesome as spouses that we can minister to one another? Often we're the best ones to minister to one another. Um, sometimes we might be the worst ones to minister to one another. You know, it all depends. But uh, Megan spoke to me and she said, if you are with him, you will not miss it. Isn't that good? If you are with him, you will not miss it. And we talked about this on our live stream, Chris, Mark and I, a little bit on Tuesday that if we are with him, we will not miss it. And Mark even then said, isn't it interesting that the word it is in the middle of with. And so I'm speaking to you today that your it, that thing that's in your heart to do, even if you don't have total clarity of it, is going to be found in being with him. You're going to find your it in being with him. So many of us worry about being left behind. We worry about not being on the cutting edge. We worry about missing our call and we're constantly moving towards something in the future without realizing that if we will just be with him today, he will tend to our future. I believe I'm speaking to someone right now, maybe myself as well. We do not need to be concerned. You know, cast your cares upon the Lord for he cares for you. And some of us actually have a care about our destiny. In other words, we have an anxiety about our destiny. We have a worry about the things that God's called us to. And I'm telling you that if you will if you will be with him and cast that care upon him as well, he will care for you. So uh, I just want to jump in uh, to a couple scriptures here. Again, I'm talking about how be, knowing that he is with us can give us great confidence. You know, and a great story of transitioning into a promised land is from Joshua. And we all know this story so well. You know, Moses had led the Israelites out of bondage through the wilderness and really to the gates of the promised land. And then a new generation uh, was going to lead the people of God into the promised land. And that was typified in Joshua. And Joshua, in, you know, in Joshua chapter one is sort of taking over for Moses. And, you know, that's a that's an opportunity for a lot of insecurities to come up. In many ways, Joshua was probably already a great leader himself in having been with Moses all that time and all of Moses's leadership. Uh, in many ways, Joshua was perfectly groomed for this leadership role. And yet at the same time, now he was going to lead a people group. He was going to lead a nation and he was going to lead them into uncharted territories. And as he was going to lead them into uncharted territories, he was also going to do that in some ways in the shadow of his predecessor, Moses, who was so great. And so God doesn't uh, mince any words. He goes, goes right after this with Joshua and five verses into Joshua one says, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, listen to that. As I was with Moses, why was Moses great? Because God was with him. I mean, we remember from Exodus 33, I'm just gonna uh, read this to you and then come back to Joshua. Exodus 33, God says, Moses, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And then Moses said, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. Man, it's a strong word. Not only is our it, our promised land found with him, but I'm saying we don't want our promised land if he's not with us. And so Joshua is saying, no, or God's saying to Joshua, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. And then we go on to verse nine of that same chapter and God comes back even stronger on this. He says, have I not commanded you, Joshua? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Have I not commanded you? 
the Lord saying to you, have I not commanded you be strong and of good courage, be strong and of good courage. You know, God's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. That spirit of fear, you know, you can tell the fruit by the fruit of a thought if it came from a spirit of fear. Have you ever had that happen to you? You're stepping into something, you're going after something, and a fear comes upon you that makes you want to stop everything, that makes you want to pull back, that makes you want to step back, that makes you feel like everything's going to implode, everything's you know, everything's going down in an ash pile. And I'm telling you, just the very fruit of that thought can tell you the spirit that it came from. That's a spirit of fear. Be strong and of good courage. Do not give in to a spirit of fear. Do not be dismayed. Why? For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You know, I used to be fascinated as a young believer thinking back to the horror movies that I never liked to watch even before I was a believer. And I thought about those horror movies. I said, you know what's interesting? A common theme in, in so many of them, it seems, is that somehow there's an absence of the presence of God. There's an absence of the presence of good. And that's what causes horror. That's what causes fear uh, when we don't realize that God is with us. You know, even in the presence of your enemies, God is preparing a table before you. Even when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death and through some difficulty, God is with you. His rod and his staff, they comfort you. And that's what God was promising Joshua. He's saying, I've commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Take upon yourself this sort of a countenance. Do not be afraid. Don't be dismayed. I know you're going into new territory. I know that you're leading a people that haven't gone here before. I know that you're standing in the footsteps of a great leader, Moses, who came before you. But I'm telling you, do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. Be strong and of good courage. The Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And I just feel to highlight something that came right before that. And I think maybe verse eight of Joshua one. The Lord says in verse eight, the book, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. You know, the beautiful thing is when we're with God, then his word directs our steps. When we're with God, when we're trusting in him, he makes straight our paths. He makes straight our paths. And the reality is, that our confidence in ministry is in one thing alone, and that's his presence. Let me say that again. Our confidence in ministry is in his presence, him being with us. My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. And Moses says, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. Man, we do not want to be raised up without God. If your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. And so I would, you know, that's a bit of the why. I just want to jump in up to a bit of the how, because the reality is that God is with us. But how do you stay in that place? You know, how do you stay locked into that place? The reality is that Jesus is paid for everybody's healing on the cross by his stripes. You were already healed. And that grace has already been provided by faith. We receive it. And yet we often don't see healing. 
We know that Jesus paid for everybody's sins, past, present, and future. And so that grace has already been provided for everyone to be reconciled to their father. And yet many people don't end up getting saved because they don't, uh, they don't hear that word and receive it with faith in order to receive their salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ. And in the same way, we know that God's saying he'll never leave us nor forsake us. I mean, look at this. This is how Matthew 28, God, Jesus gives us the great commission and ends the gospel of Matthew with, look, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus is saying you can't fulfill the mission, the commission on your life apart from knowing that I am with you. That's exactly what Moses needed to hear too. It's exactly what uh, Joshua needed to hear too, that you cannot fulfill the mission upon your life apart from knowing that God is with you. And Jesus was the same way. Look, when Jesus was baptized, the dove, Holy Spirit descended like a dove and landed upon him. And he said, you know, nowhere in the scripture do we see that the dove left. In other words, Holy Spirit was constantly with Jesus. And because Holy Spirit was constantly with Jesus, Jesus walked uh, constantly with God. And as we know, so this is so key to our ministry that we know that God is with us always. But how can you stay in that spot? You know, this is what I'm trying to communicate is we can know the truth that God's with us always, but we actually have to mix faith with that in order for it to have uh, an effect in our life. So I just want to highlight a couple scriptures um, that would help us uh, stay in that place of God being with us always. And what I mean by that is there's some pathways of thought that we can develop that can, when we feel like we're missing God, when we feel like God's not with us, that we can come right back to these scriptures, uh, right back to these pathways of thought to stay locked into the reality that God is with us. For instance, uh, this is uh, kind of basic, but it's actually really profound. Matthew 1.23 says the behold, behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Think about this. Jesus says to Philip, if you've seen me, Philip, you've seen the father. You know, if you've seen Jesus, you've seen his will, the will of the father. And what's the will of the father? It's expressed in Jesus. Who's Jesus? God with us. Do you see what I'm saying? The will of God is to be with you. It's the will of God to be with you. It's his very name, Emmanuel. It's the very manifestation of Christ is that he came to be with us. So I just want to encourage you that God's very nature is to be with you. God's very nature is to be with you. His name is Emmanuel. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. It's his name to be with you. And I also just want to encourage you that James 4, 8 says that if you will draw near to God, he will draw near to you. What's that mean? What's who, What sort of God makes that promise? It's the one that wants to be with you. Again, it's his nature to want to be with you. Think about this too, that when Jesus later in his ministry was speaking to his disciples, he says, "I speaking of the Holy Spirit, he says, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. And so we know that when we're born again, the Holy Spirit comes to live on the inside of us. And we know that when we're baptized in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit comes to be upon us. And I'm telling you that Jesus promised his disciples. He says, I'm not going to leave you orphans. I'm about to leave this earth. But when I leave, I will come to you. Who's the I that will come to you? Well, he's talking about Holy Spirit, but he's also talking about himself. I makes total sense. The Holy Spirit's the spirit of truth, the spirit of Christ. And so when Jesus died, rose again, and went to heaven. Now every believer has Jesus living on the inside of the, inside of us. 
Um, later on in John 14, it says that, that the Father and the Son will come to make their home with you. I'm just telling you, it is the scriptural reality that God is truly with you. Um, you know, Joshua knew that promise of God, but now we have the Holy Spirit of God literally living with us. Holy Spirit is living with you. So, you know, I'm trying to start to paint a picture of how can you recognize that God's with you always. You cannot be strong and courageous to take the promised land that God's calling you to, to step into the places God's leading you to, apart from realizing that it is God who is with you. You also can't get clarity about what God's calling you into, apart from realizing that your it, your promise is found in being with him. So the first thing is to just recognize it's God's very nature to be with you. His name's Emmanuel. And he sent the Holy Spirit because he wants to be with you. So the, the tension that many believers end up in is you say, okay, we, I know that God wants to be with me, but how's that working out for us when we feel like we've messed up? And that's, you know, God spoke to me this, this last week and he said, I am with you always. Uh, just like it says in, in Matthew 28, I am with you always. And the part that I want to emphasize is this always part. How can we know? that God is with us always. And Hebrews 13 says this, I will never leave you nor forsake you. See, we just see this promise over and over and over and over. The Lord's my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? I will never leave you nor forsake you. And I think that there can be a fear sometimes like, you know, Lord, don't take your presence from me. Uh, David prayed. And of course that was an old covenant prayer uh, but it doesn't mean that we still don't often might feel like that when we mess up or something like that, or we feel like, you know, am I not truly in the will of God here? And we start to doubt these sorts of things. And I'm saying that God is saying he'll never leave you nor forsake you. And so um, how is that possible? Well, Mark 15, it says this, that while Jesus was being crucified at the ninth hour, he cried out with a loud voice saying something in Aramaic, which is translated, my, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Now think about that. Jesus was forsaken by God. Why? Why was he forsaken by God? Why was Jesus whipped? What, you know, why did he have those stripes on his body? Well, we know from 1 Peter 2.24 that it says, by his stripes you were healed. His body was striped so that our bodies could be healed. You know, why was the crown of thorns crushed into his head? You know, thorns represent curse in the Bible all the way back to Genesis. You know, his thinking was cursed so that we could have the mind of Christ. Amen? Why was... Why was Jesus forsaken? Think about it. Why was he forsaken? He was forsaken so that Hebrews 13 could be true. You know, it wasn't some sort of low cost deal to provide for us to never be forsaken. It cost Jesus everything. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And Jesus was forsaken so that you would never be forsaken. This was not a you know, you're, the promise that God will never leave you nor forsake you was bought at a high price, which gives us all the more confidence in the reality of that promise that he will never leave you nor forsake you. He is with you always. You know, this is so key because when, you know, like a Joshua, you're stepping into new territory. 
And you can start to think, you know, if I get it all right, if I get the vision just right, if I get the actions just right, if I don't mess anything up, then God will be with me. But I'm telling you, we got to know that God's with us always, not just when we're getting it all right. We got to know that his, his presence is abiding with us always. One of my favorite sections of scripture is Isaiah 54. It says, for the mountains shall depart and the hills be removed. You know, in other words, all hell, all hell can break loose. You know, everything can fall apart. But my kindness shall not depart from you, the Lord says, nor shall my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord who has mercy on you. I love that. For my for the mountains shall depart and the hills be removed, but my kindness shall not depart from you, nor shall my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord. And right before that in verse nine, God's talking about the new covenant here in Isaiah 54. Isaiah 53 is about Jesus dying and Isaiah 54 is about the reality of new covenant life uh, for those that put their trust in Christ. And just consider this. The verse before this, verse nine, it talks, uh, the father says, this is like the days of the covenant of Noah. You know, this is like uh, the waters of Noah to me. There, I got it. I'll look it up here. Isaiah 54, verse For this is like the waters of Noah to me, for as I have sworn that the waters of Noah would no longer cover the earth, so I have sworn that I would not be angry with you nor rebuke you. Man, that's so powerful because the waters of Noah was an unconditional covenant. In other words, we still have the rainbow today, not because nobody sinned. We have the rainbow today because God promised unconditionally that we'd always have the rainbow and he'd never flood the earth again like that. And so when God says, for the mountain shall depart and the hills be removed, but my kindness shall not depart from you, nor shall my covenant of peace be removed. He's saying that that promise to a believer that his covenant of peace shall not be removed from you is completely unconditional, has nothing to do with your performance, has nothing to do with your performance. So I'm just telling you, it's God's will to want to be with you. And you can trust that he's with you always, even when you don't quite got, got it going on right. You know, even when you're messing something up, even when, you know, you feel like you might not have it quite right. God is with you always. So here's where I want to kind of circle around and land. In Exodus 3, um, and I'm going to just turn there to myself. In Exodus 3, verses 11 or so, you see a really interesting conversation that I feel like many of us have been having, and that's really the point of this video. Many of us, I feel like, have been having this conversation. And Moses says to God, who am I? That's the word right there. Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? You know, I just think many of us have been, been sensing a call from God on our lives uh, to step into a promised land, to step into a ministry, to step into a business, to step into even a hard conversation with a loved one that you know God wants you to have, to step into um, to step into disciplining uh, your kids or training your kids up better than you have before, to step into something that feels like you've not been able to step into it before, and God's calling you into it, and yet you doubt yourself. But Moses said to God, what did Moses say here? I doubt myself, basically, is what he's saying. Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? Who am I 
that I should go to Pharaoh? Who am I that I should start that business? Who am I that I should step into that ministry? Who am I that I should speak to that person? Who am I? And so that's a feeling that many of us have. Who am I that I should do this, that, or the other, that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? And so God said to Moses, I will certainly be with you. Listen to that response. Man, that is so powerful. God did not respond to Moses about his resume. God did not respond to Moses about his CV. God didn't, uh, you know, try to bolster Moses in, you know, well, you've got this going for you and that going for you and this going for you and that going for you. The answer was simple. I will certainly be with you. I will be with you. And it goes on to say, um, then Moses said to God, indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they say to me, what is his name? What shall I say to him? And God says to Moses, I am who I am. And he says, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. You know, there's such a tendency to discount the reality of God being with us. And the other thing that I want to communicate is it goes on in Exodus 4. And Moses says this, suppose they will not believe me or listen to my voice. Suppose they say the Lord has not appeared to you. And the Lord says to him, what is that in your hand? And Moses says a rod. And we know the story. God tells Moses to throw it on the ground. It turns into a snake. God tells Moses to grab it by the tail. It turns back into a rod. Pretty neat, huh? But the point is this. Not only will God be with you, but when you doubt what when you doubt what God's calling to you, he's going to ask you a question and he's going to say, what's already in your hand? You see, when when you take what's in your hand and give it to God, he can cause it to do whatever it is that he needs it to do. And then later in, in chapter four, uh, verse 10, Moses says to the Lord, oh, my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither before nor since you've spoken to your servant but I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. And the Lord says to him, who has made man's mouth and who makes the mute, the deaf, the seeing and the blind? Have I, have not I, the Lord, listen to me. Do you know that if Moses was slow of speech, God made him that way? That's what Lord said. He said, haven't I made these things? Haven't I made you? Didn't I make your mouth just how I made it? But look at the next verse. Now there go for, now therefore go, and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall say. Everything that you feel like you don't measure up about, if God's with you, it causes you to measure up perfectly in that exact area. You know, I've been looking at Luke, I think it's 14 recently, where many are invited to a supper. And then they begin to make excuses. You know, I've got oxen to, that I just got. I need to look at them. I've got a field I just bought. I need to check out the ground, you know. Um, and I felt like the Lord showed me something, something from that prophetically. And what he spoke to me was this. He said, you need to be careful and look at the excuses you make when God invites you into something new. They'll tell you where you were placing your trust instead of in my invitation. Our trust when God calls us into something is in the fact that he called us. And often there's a point of transition and there's a point of tension and in the transition. And you remember, Jesus called the disciples to cross over 
to, to go across the sea, right? To go across the sea. And he says, let us go across. But then as they go across, there's a storm. See, what happens is as you cross into what God's calling you to, when Jesus started to cross into his ministry, when the presence of God sat upon Jesus in the form of a dove and the Holy Spirit, what happened? He went into a series, a, a, a season of transition in the wilderness, right? When God called the people of Israel out of Egypt, they went through a season of transition in the wilderness and there will be trial often in that transition. Our confidence is not in our ability. Our confidence is in the Lord being with us and what he has spoken. Jesus was the one that said, let us cross over. Because Jesus said, let us cross over, the disciples should have stood in faith when the storm came up and said, it was Jesus who told me to cross over. He is with me. He will not forsake me. We will make it through this. God is with you always. It's his nature to be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He will never leave me nor forsake me. So I'm going to just pray for you here. For those that are watching right now, for those that will watch later, I really believe that there's a grace for us to step in with much greater confidence into what it is that God is calling us to do. And I want to communicate to you, Father, I pray that you would communicate that you are with us always. I got a story I need to share. About a year and a half ago, the Lord had told me to um, to post something uh, that was strong. Uh, it was intimidating to post, but I had the word of the Lord on it. He had spoken to me and it was clear he didn't just speak it to me. He wanted me to share it. And I drafted a post to that effect and it was really kind of strong and I you know, you know, I said, well, wisdom would probably be to sleep on it and kind of think about it and, you know, make sure this is God's will and that. Well, I did that and then I didn't do anything with it. And about a week later, I was standing in front of our stove in the kitchen and I said, Lord, I don't feel like I felt your presence in nearly a week. And he, he asked me a simple question. He says, when's the last time you felt my presence? I said, late that one night when you gave me that word to share. Uh, that word to post. And he said, Peter, I am so with you in where I'm calling you to go that if you don't start walking in the direction that I'm calling you to go, you're going to miss my presence. That's a word for someone. It's like, um, and Walmack says it like this, it's like a quarterback that throws the football to where the receiver needs to be. So often when God prophesies to you, he's, he's speaking to where you need to be, where he's leading you into. And that's why we do warfare with the prophetic word that calls us into where God's drawing us. And so I'm, I'm telling you, you might not feel the presence of God as you start to step into the thing that he's called you to do. But I'm telling you, his presence is where he's called you to be. Father, I pray that you would show us that. You'd give us uh, strength and courage to know that you're with us and with us where uh, where you're calling us to be. And I also just want to speak specifically to the lies that we would believe that would say our voice is not eloquent or I don't have in my hands what I need. And I'm telling you, God has made you perfectly for the very thing that he's called you to. God has made you perfectly for the very thing that he's called you to. I also want to speak to the lie that says I'm not just like Moses. I'm not just like Moses, right? And so jo Joshua, 
I'm sure, had to deal with the fear of not being just the same leader as Moses. But I'm saying that God's timing is never wrong. Moses was for a season and now Joshua's for the next season. You've been made for such a time as this. There's a season for everything, including for the very things that you're meant to bring to this earth. So I want to encourage you to take every thought captive to the reality of God being with you and God being with you and stepping into your call. And I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, that you would release a mobilization in the hearts of everybody at the sound of my voice, both now and later, that the things that you've called them into would no longer be on pause, but they would start to be activated currently in the name of Jesus. I, I pray that every debilitating thought, every thought of doubt, every thought of you not being with, and every thought of not being enough would be silenced in the name of Jesus. I, and, you know, I want to take, I want to encourage you guys. You need to stand on the word of God. I need to stand on the word of God. What has he called you to do? What has he called you to do? And if he called you to cross over, it doesn't matter if there's a storm. He's with you in that boat. So I just want to bless you in the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, I want to thank you for watching. Uh, it's an honor to be with you today. God bless you and looking forward to talking to you soon. Thank you for joining us today for this conversation. You can follow us, like, subscribe, and share out any of these episodes on Facebook, YouTube, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. For more information about us, you can go to insightnow.co. Have a great day.